Live from the rooftop of the Herman London Real Estate Group in beautiful downtown Maplewood, it's the St. Louis Realtor Podcast with your host, Adam Cruz. Welcome, welcome everybody to the St. Louis Realtor Podcast, live from the rooftop of the Herman London Real Estate Group in beautiful downtown Maplewood, Missouri. I'm Adam Cruz. Today is July 17th, 2018. I've got my co-host here, Shannon St. Pierre. Hello. Quick update on the goings-on here at Herman London is we had our mid-year business planning event. We had a ton of good topics, a couple speakers, really good turnout from our agents, and everyone seemed to walk away motivated, which was great. Uh, we had an agent play on a golf tournament, and they won an award. Uh, I think it might have been for the highest score, but an award nonetheless. The property managers and the leasing department are staying incredibly busy. I think this is a popular time for people who are renting to be moving. And we are excited because we had a couple new agents join our team. And uh, one's going to focus on commercial, and one guy is working with a lot of investors. Joined us from another company, so we're pretty excited. Uh, give us a call if you're interested in real estate or becoming a realtor with Herman London. And we're both excited because we have a very special guest with us, Mr. Ted White. Hello, thank you so much for having me. And if you don't know, you should, but Ted White is a very successful realtor from Dealman Sotheby's, right? Correct. The king, can I call you the king of high-end real estate? Well, I have a lot of wonderful properties, and some of them are high-end, some of them are just wonderful properties. Wonderful properties. We we had a listing, I think, eight years ago or something like that, that we couldn't sell, and we referred it to you. I don't. You probably don't know this, but it was a uh, sort of a weird mid-century modern house in Tower Grove. It, it had like the second story oh, yeah. was a bedroom, and it had a hot tub in it. Yeah, and, uh, now, I, I always forget. Is, do you pronounce it Juniata or? Juanita? I think that's right. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's uh, yeah. I can't believe you remember the street Juniata. name. Yeah, but we now. so. We wanted to bring you in here today because I think you list all sorts of interesting properties. You know, I love interviewing and learning from top agents in town. And uh, we did a deal together recently, so I'm proud of... I'm like, I did a deal with Ted White. This is something to be proud of. Um, But I I guess we want to... We just want to ask you a bunch of questions, if you don't mind. Sure. Let's go at it. Well, first of all, how long have you been a real estate agent? I've sold real estate... I think like 14 years. Okay. I did it. Um, you know, I worked in corporate America, you know, since graduating from college and um, started selling real estate part time, you know, at first while I was, you know, doing other jobs. I'd do evenings and weekends. And then I just, you know, created enough momentum, felt comfortable with my income level that I was able to, you know, quit my full-time job and just start doing real estate full-time. Oh, that's awesome. Did you start out by, you have a couple blogs, Shannon said, I know about one. Is it St. Louis Style? Yeah. St. Louis Style. Did you start out with that and kind of making a niche for yourself as this sort of unique property guy? Yeah. When I, you know, I started, I, you know, again, this was a while ago, I guess. When was it? Like, you know, early 2000s or so. And that blogs were, I started reading some blogs that Uh I really liked. They weren't necessarily real estate blogs, but I found it was sort of fun. You know, when you're at your desk, you have a cup of coffee and before you really want to start working, you know, you browse through websites to see Mm -hmm. what's updated. So I, I began to think that it was a really great tool to, um, you know, communicate to people and start a following. And, 
you know, it was focused on St. Louis style, you know, has evolved quite a bit. Um, we do get about a thousand readers a day. Wow. You know, which is really Ooh, is, good. That, is that your original one? Yeah. Okay, so when he brings you up, I'm like, oh, the mid-century modern guy. You know, is that how you started out? Is that little niche, or am I totally off? Yeah, it he's was. Like, really? Is that what? You... Like it? You know? Okay, so I got into mid-century and contemporary homes. My um, my parents had bought um, after we. I came from one of four boys. After all the boys moved out, they bought this little Bernoulli design mid-century home. And um, it really helped expose me to mid-century. I got excited about, you know, design and clean lines. And, you know, before I was, I just loved pillars would have, you know, turned me on. But then I, (laughs) you know, as you get more educated and exposed, I really started appreciating mid-century. And, you know, they always talk about in real estate where you should farm a specific neighborhood or have, you know, sort of an expertise. So I started to you know, go into mid-century talking about these architects um, that were local in St. Louis, you know, um, taking pictures of mid-century things. So really sort of, you know, you know, just start what became sort of the go-to place for mid-century and also contemporary homes. Okay. Did you start so by just kind of looking up architects and calling them up and saying, can I take you to lunch and ask you questions? Or like- yeah, so what did you go to school for? Was it well, anything I went, to do with... No, okay. not architecture. I mean, I think at one point I wanted to become an architect. I actually did like an internship in college down at HOK, Helmuth, Baden, Kassebaum. But then I realized I wasn't a precise enough person to be an architect and that most architects end up, you know, Ar- plant, planning air ducts, not designing a big, gorgeous, you know, building. Mm-hmm. But what I did is I, you know, I just started, you know, researching some... Local architects in St. Louis, like William Bernoulli and Harris Armstrong and Ralph Fournier and um, Isidore Shank, and just sort of exposing people to their architecture. It's an effort to create that sort of expertise. It also created sort of a Google, I call it, you know, when Googleability, you know, when people are Googling yes. Harris Armstrong, they would find my website. If they were Googling mid century home, St. Louis, my website would come up on top. So it really did help build some momentum there. I found especially for like people that were moving in from other parts of the country that, you know, it's hard to search the MLS for a contemporary home or a mid-century home. Yeah, but the thing that I think that's interesting about it and why I clued in on that niche of yours is because there seems to be this huge following for mid-century modern homes. Like there's a whole club and they all kind of, I don't know because, you know, I just know about them, but it's not something that I dive into because I do so much in the city. Yeah. And it's, it is like, you know, that's called like, there's an organization called Modern STL. That is that has, it? Is that? Yeah. The, they have house okay. parties and a website. I think and, that's what I'm thinking of. Yes. But the whole effort is to sort of raise awareness to the sort of clean lines, um, open floor plan but it's also to save these properties you know like when i first i would say the late 1990s you know early 2000s that really nobody wanted these ranch mid-century ranch homes they were all being torn down really quickly because they had big lots and people thought they were ugly and um, you know what they call them ranch burgers or something like that that, (laughs) you know people were building these big mcmansions so 
I think again, like in the, you know, maybe right, you know, right, right around 2000, people started, you know, liking sort of the retro look of, you know, mid-century homes. And then they started appreciating the big windows and right. all the light and everything. Yeah. If you look at, I mean, look what's popular now, like Dwell Magazine, you know, which is clean lines. Um, and it's, I think it really appeals to, you know, I feel, I think like the younger market appeals to because they love the clean lines and openness. And I think it appeals also to older people that are looking for single level living. Yes, I can see that. So yeah, I just have to say that, you know, I consider myself to kind of be knowledgeable about real estate and whatever. But when I come into the MLS and I start looking at your listings and reading your marketing remarks and stuff, I literally feel like I'm tapping into this other world of real estate that I know nothing about. Uh, it's kind of interesting. And I, and I like to learn and, you know, always get better. And so if you don't mind, I was just going to read for the audience. Um just a couple sentences from one of your listings. Sure. And I have to say there's words in here that I don't know what they are. And maybe you don't either. I wonder who who writes these marketing I, remarks, <laughs> if it's you or somebody else. But uh, here's one of my favorite ones. This Frederick Dunn home was reimagined by the collaboration of Brian Smith, Jameson, Jameson Interior Design, and Moynihan and & Associates to create a neoclassical Regency experience with one-of-a-kind features throughout. The Sir John Soane-inspired residence, guided by the bisymmetrical philosophy, spans 13,000 square feet, and on and on it goes. But what is that? That is a mouthful, isn't it? Probably <laughs> most I, of that I, doesn't mean anything to people. But sometimes, like, you know, in a description like that, you realize, well, I'm just not getting a standard house. Yeah, you know, that's that awesome. There I think. are, you know, and I think if, like, you know... People in the know, um, you know, like Moyhan is like St. Louis's best landscape, you know, architect. Okay. And um, Brian Smith is, you know, well-known architect. So some people know, but in general, you know what it does? It just creates sort of an idea of saying, my Lord, I'm just not buying a house, you know. Yeah, well, I when you're spending $6 million. dollars, who Sone is. And, and they'll so- Google him and find out, oh. So do you ask the sellers, how do you know when an architect has played a a significant role and then, uh, or architects or landscapers, how do you know when, how much of a role they're playing? Are you specifically asking this and searching and asking the sellers this information to try and be able to write a more creative uh, marketing remarks? Usually, you know, it has to be, you know, a relatively well-known architect, uh, even that I should even consider including it like frederick dunn is a well-known architect in st louis so people may but sometimes if you just you say oh designed by you know harvey you know harvey hancock you know unless that people really know who he is it doesn't really but a frederick dunn home you know does carry extra value do you find that people i mean these this house was listed for almost six million dollars right so do you find that people in these price ranges just pay more attention to that kind of thing? Well, I think it's just showing that this isn't just, you know, another mansion, that mm-hmm. it really is, you or know. Or some cookie cutter. Yeah, that this home really is a, a, a very special, you know, and, and it's sold, it closes next week. So that's the Exciting. good news. <laughs> that is the um, good news. <laughs> but I think it just helps create sort of um, showing that this is, again, not just a standard house 
That, that's where we, I think when you say stuff like... This it, house has a pedigree. You know, that's what you start. Okay, you know. okay. I like that. So do you write your own marketing mar- remarks? I I do. I t- uh, like, I think that one, I get, I had help with from several people. Um, in general, I do write them on my own. I find it's the hardest thing in the world, you know, because in the MLS, which is our, you know, we're... You load all your homes into the the realtor's sure. system. I think you're bound by a thousand characters, right? Which is just exhausting sometimes because, especially a house like that, you want to go on and you want to talk about how, um, you know, the stove is sub zero and a Viking, you know, rage, and you want to talk about all these things, and um, you're limited by characters. And you don't need to talk about a stove being sub-zero when you have a pool house that echoes Queen Victoria's Brighton Pavilion. I know. You know what I mean? I love it. Oh, I right. love some of this, I don't know. this you know, writing. Like, is, I think you have some really creative writing. I think there's some people, you know, like at, look at real estate. There's, as you know, there's some people that just look at pictures. Like, I'm a visual person. Uh-huh. I, I don't really read descriptions, you know, when I'm looking at things. But I look at pictures, you know, but I think there's a lot of people that want to, you know, get the spirit of the home, you know, and find out more about, you know, or more detail oriented. Yeah. And I think that that's one of your greatest strengths is cre- capturing a, a spirit of and in the marketing remarks. It's not about talking about the stove or some of the other aspects of the home, yeah. capturing the spirit to draw them in. I think there's a few realtors in in St. Louis, I guess, who are really good at actually writing remarks. Instead of just going off on listing just facts, they write more of a story. And yours is more of a story to kind of help draw you in. The rest of it will fall into place if you can just capture the attention. I think you're right. I mean, people can look at pictures, and if you can tell that it's, you know, granite counters, you don't yes. really need to say it again. But what you may want to say is that, you know, it's two blocks from the Metrolink, you know, or... Right. Um, ride your bicycle to Forest Park or, you know, a variety of things that you can talk about that you can't see in pictures. That the four-car garage doubles as a covered valet drop-off oh. for parties. That oh was, this is awesome. Which house is that? That was That's the, the first got- time I've ever seen that. And uh-huh. I, you know, the funny thing is the owners or the sellers designed it that way as a neat feature. They never really used it. But it's basically, think of like a tuck-under garage where you can drive in one door and if you wanted to, you could have, if it's raining, they could drive in one door, you know, they could, the guests could get out, the valet then could take the car out a back door. So it sort of looped around. I'm thoroughly impressed. Like, I didn't know that was a feature. I didn't either. Or even a thing, <laughs> but I do now. And that might go on my list of uh, dreams Must for my home. I'll never home. have. Yes. yes. <laughs> Well, it's it's just, I mean, honestly, I think it's nice to hear that you didn't go to school for this stuff or whatever, because I think anyone who's listening can be motivated to say, anything I want to be interested in, I can read about, learn about it, and then be about it, right? So you're, you're obviously spent a lot of time just kind of researching this stuff and talking to people to even be able to describe something as a neoclassical regency, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, it's... It's exciting. I think it's, again, you know, part of our job as a realtor is to educate people, you know, on, you know, um, you know, we take it back to styles or why things are important or why, you know, you know, why it's important that, you know, a house be preserved, you know, and not, 
you know, torn down. Maybe there's some history. It doesn't necessarily have to Ooh, be I mid like century, but it could be, you know, just an important, you know, home. So it's a lot of it's about education, you know, the public. And, you know, I got into real estate. I've always liked, like, you know, homes, interior design and gardening. And, um, you know, I, I thought about becoming a realtor when I was, you know, a lot younger but it was like something it was still wasn't a profession you know you wanted to graduate from college and climb up that corporate ladder yeah until you realize the corporate ladder is uh, yeah and then i realized that i wanted to have more control over my life and i didn't have to want to wait for an extra week of vacation or getting a raise and i found real estate was really Perfect. that great you know thing where really you're running your own business you know i i talked to some clients that Say, okay, you know, Ted, I'm 60 years old, you know, if, if I lose this, my job, you know, how hard it is to find another, have somebody hire, you know, 60-year-old. But look, here in real estate, I have a feeling I'm going to be that 80-year-old man that, you know, is still running around selling houses. It, it, and you should the, be that. Yeah. With a lot of realtors, you, there's kind of no reason to exactly retire, right? No. And then the first time you retire, you're going to see a for sale by owner sign or something like that come up in your neighbor's yard, and you're going to be like, I'm going to get that listing. Yes. Or it's going to be that you have a friend that you know that calls you and said, oh, Ted, you're the only one I want to use. Uh-huh. And, so and what are you going to say? I'm just going to get a chauffeur that will drive me around. I like it. And I'll look at the first floor, and I'll let them go up the stairs and down at the basement and report back to me. <laughs> Why do more realtors not do something like that? Do you, do you or do you know anyone in town who has someone who kind of drives you guys around, you and your clients around? Is that you know? like the million-dollar listing guy in New York? Like, yeah, is that or the guy? The, they have like sprinter vans and stuff now that are really nice. You know, why do you do anything I like think that? That's a, you know, I think it's a good idea because you know, that way you can sort of talk to your client. I haven't done it yet. I know that from our other Sotheby's affiliates like out in California. It's more popular? Yeah, I think, or New York, like they'll do it because that way they don't have to worry about parking. They can get in and out of, you know, the car, but they're doing helicopter tours also out in San Diego. Uh You know, that's part of their standard thing is for people looking at the area. Well, they they take people on a helicopter ride to get a feel for the area. Okay. I, I like that. But I also think those are totally different markets. I mean, you're talking about both those cities you just mentioned Mm -hmm. have higher traffic volumes than St. Louis. We're still a very easy city to get uh, around in. I, I mean, within what? 15, 20 minutes, you can be anywhere. If they were going to have a TV show in St. Louis with realtors, right? I think you would definitely be on it. You know, million dollar listing agent, St. Louis, right? You'd definitely be on it. Do you watch that show at all? I do. On Bravo? Yes. New York, LA, do you have a favorite? I like, I like, I used to like, like LA, you know, more mm-hmm. and, and sing Malibu and all that stuff. But which, which one of those people do you think you're kind of most like when you see huh. how they run their businesses? And It'd stuff? probably be more like one of the New York, you know, one of the New York Obviously. guys. Yeah, which one? There. Frederick? Ryan? Yeah. Yes. All of them. All of them? <laughs> okay. All of them combined. Take the best features and there you go. Okay, so if you if you don't mind, we kind of want to ask a little bit about your business side too. We have some. We don't know exactly who our listenership is, but I know it's Aunt Mersey and you know members of, of the public and realtors and stuff listen too. And so you found a lot of success in the business. And I, I was just curious if you can tell us: Do you have do you have a team? I know you have at least an assistant, right? Yeah. So I have. Um you know, there's different models out there. There's the model of like the realtor team where you have a few agents that work together. Mm-hmm. 
I haven't really gone that route um, as much. So I would consider myself more of an individual agent with a great support staff. So I have Claudia, who's a um, full-time agent, um, licensed, that she's my assistant. Um, we have a great sort of a marketing I call them my millennial marketers, you know, that help me with the blogging. That's a couple of people? Yeah, uh-huh. the blogging and um, Instagram. I still do a lot myself. Like, I've, I've gone, uh, you know, I, I really have adopted Instagram a great deal, so it gets a little crazy because now I have, like, five Instagram accounts that I'm managing. And you create any of these, it's, it's like feed the monster. You've so created why do you it. have five different Instagram accounts? So I have like St. Louis style that... Do they coincide with all your different blogs too? They do. Okay. Um, So we try to have, again, original content on the blogs, but you can put something on Instagram and have it feed automatically to the blog and Facebook. So we have St. Louis style, and then we have some micro sites for other areas that, you know, I would say would be, you know, that I focus on. One's Ledoux style, one's Clayton style, one's CWE style. And then I have my own individual, you know, one. So you have Ted style. CW. Yeah, so you have five so blocks. So Ted White, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, yeah. So, but it's, you know, Instagramming is so easy because, like, I could be at the gym, you know, I take a picture, you know, I can load it up, you know, and... And, and automat- it's automatically feeding to your site and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, so it makes it easy and um, it just creates original, you know, great content. So... It, it, each of those are just micro sites. So you focus on Ladue, just in Ladue areas, CW, Central West End, uh, just around those specific neighborhoods. So, yeah, it's sort of like, why you know, not have one now, though, that feeds into the one? Well, we do have like St. Louis style covers everything. But okay. then we thought, you know, Clayton style would be good. We could talk about Clayton restaurants in particular, a Clayton home that sells. So it just creates, again, a little bit more expertise. But still, like St. Louis style is still, I call it the mothership. Okay. You know, that gets everything. That gets Clayton homes. That gets Central West End homes. It gets, you know, Ledoux restaurants. It gets everything. So, um, um, but the idea is, and, and like... St. Louis style still gets the most readers. I mean, we get, the blog okay. gets about a thousand people a day. The Instagram, how many? How often are you posting on the blog? I mean, when I looked on it, we last, try to do it see. once a day. Yeah. Okay. So that's again getting back to feed the monster. You can create these things. And, you and have are to, you writing it, or are you enlisting your millennials, I do, as you just said, by the way? I didn't I, use that word. <laughs> probably a lot Millennial of marketers. Um, you know, I create, I would say it's probably 50-50, you know, that I'll create about 50% of the content and then... Um, Are you telling them what to, uh, like, a subject, a topic? Yeah, um, yeah okay. I'll, get, I'll, like, hit an idea. I'll send them something and said, look at this. This is interesting. It talks about the most beautiful homes in St. Louis. Create a link, put it on the website. There's, um, um, I may get, like, a new listing and it talks about, you know, maybe down the Central West End and I say, go research this, you know, the architect and try to find a little story on it. So are these, uh, marketers actually work for you or are you just, um, they do work for me full time. They are actually a 100% your employees. Yes. Okay. Okay. So that's, so it, it, it helps again. It's, it's, I know it, Uh it, but it's sort of like, again, like, you know, sometimes you look at these websites or blogs that, 
last time they were updated was September, you know? Right. Uh, and it is know. really hard to do it all, especially when you're an agent. Like, so you're doing a million things. Yeah. But so, it is, it, it helps create, you know, what basically it, you know, we do it so that when you're Googling for Central West End Homes or... You want to be there. Century, you want your websites to be on top and these blogs um, tend to be a little bit more organic and, and, and they, you know, when you're Googling things, they pick up quicker than just as, you know, I do have a standard like Ted White real estate um, website, but it's a little more static. These are a little bit more alive, you know, with okay. fresh content. So, you know, sometimes when you do a deal with a realtor, you do the, the whole deal with them. And sometimes when you do a deal with the realtor, you talk to them at the beginning and then the rest of the time you're talking to someone on their team. Uh, my experience with you was that we kind of, you were very involved the whole time. You know, that we had a couple issues or whatever with our deal, right? And you were right there. You were there to help out. You made it happen. I'm kind of curious. Are you working tons and tons? Are you kind of like one of these 90 hours a week guys or how, how are you doing that? Well, I, I you know I do try to stay involved with all of my deals and listings. So, and I say that it's sort of like you know the benefit of me being an individual agent with a great support staff is that you're interacting with me, you know, ninety percent of the time. Right. I always sort of relate it as like you know sometimes these real estate teams. It feels like in college, you know, when you had like a group a group project, uh-huh. you know, and it's like. I thought he was going to do that. I thought they were going to do that. I know. Everybody thinks somebody else is doing the work, and then it's like nobody's doing the work, you know, Mm -hmm. or one person's doing the work. And people check out sometimes when they know other people are doing it. So, you know, I I think that's the benefit of being an individual agent, that I'm completely accountable. It's my responsibility. and um, But I do have a great support staff that, that, you know, they do help. You know, and then they do communicate, but you really have to stay involved. As you know, these deals are complicated, and um, sure, you know, you need to work through. Tensions problems. are high, and I mean, especially in these high-end properties, I'm guessing people have a a lot of different personalities, and they're want to make sure they're getting what they're paying for, and all that kind of stuff. You know, you know, and things, you know, and I. You know, I do like a you know. Here, give you an example. There was a Central West End condo that I had that was supposed to close, you know, a few days ago, and um, it seemed that the owner had left a bag of meat from the refrigerator on the hardwood floors. What? And it was over. You know, we didn't discover it for about ten days in this heat. So this was your listing. Yes, and so it's like you know we're really hands on. I mean, I was the one that was discarding this bag of meat that had maggots on it. Oh, my gosh. And coordinating, you know, getting the place fumigated, and now we've got to get the wood floors doing. So I really am hands-on. So to answer your question, I do work a lot. And um, it's always like, like last Saturday, I looked at my calendar, and I didn't have anything on my calendar, which was a real rarity. You know, and mm-hmm. I said, well, we've got a, a family farm. So I went to our farm, and I said, oh, my gosh, how nice. But that's a rarity. Usually, you know, you are working all the time. Mm-hmm. I would say last night, I was down at that same condo, you know, vacuuming, you know, till eight o'clock. Oh, wow. so you do. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm I think impressed. you work a lot. But then at the same time, the moment you're not working or it's quiet, you get very nervous. You know, you think, oh my gosh, you know, where's the business? So, but I have to admit, the bag of meat—that's a new one. Uh yes. <laughs> Seen it, it all. It had to smell like 
I think the trash. Oh no, it, it's it's impossible. So it's but it's uh, we're taking care of this problem. And what do you do with the hardwood floor? Well, you have to like we're looking for replacement boards right now, which so isn't that easy. So you actually have to replace the boards. Yeah. That's wow. I know. That's not a small little task. No. By the way, <laughs> I see you when I go to my grocery store. I see you at the checkout thing. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. At and the Richmond Heights Schnucks. I'm at the uh, Schnucks in Town and Country. Okay, yeah, that one. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I was curious, do you do, you obviously do that because I see that, but do you do other types of advertising in addition to the blog and the grocery store stuff? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, um, I do a lot of advertising. So, and I, you know, it all costs a lot of money. Um, so I, I believe it. And like, you know, we do the traditional postcards, you know, when we have listings or things are sold. We do you sell- mail the neighborhood around the listing or do you have like a certain area that you're constantly mailing over and over again? No, we do usually like a radius around the, um, the listing. Um, I do a lot of print advertising still like in, you know, our local like Ledoux News and Sophisticated yeah. Living and St. Louis at Home Magazine. And um, especially like, you know, again, we had like that that wonderful Brentmore Park listing that you read the description for. We had that. We put an architectural digest. Of, oh wow! You know, an ad. There's a regional ad you can do. So we do a lot, but it's really that these listings, you know, are are beautiful and they're unique, and um, you know, they need to be pictured in order to catch people's attention. So yeah. do you do anything? Um, so I think I've seen some. I've seen video. Do you yeah. typically do video for everyone? You know, I would say we do videos for special properties that I feel like are just not a standard, you know, four bed, two and a half bedroom, you know, home. It's got to have like some, you know, either decorated in an exceptional way or have a just a beautiful home. And then it's worthwhile, you know, videotaping. They, um, um, we have, you know, like the, the, that we have a great listing up in, in Wild Horse Creek Valley that's on 75 acres and um, a beautiful custom home that's built on it. And that we have, a you know, like a drone video because you really want to show the context of where the house is listed, you know, and the spirit of it and what the views are like. And so wow. I, I love think- that listing, by the way. I watched that video. And can you imagine just... Well, you've been there, but can you imagine just pulling into that estate every day? That driveway has got, is it a mile long? Oh, yeah. It feels like it's a mile long driveway. You just pull up and there's got to always be somebody there working, right? There's got to be well, someone there mowing or doing they something. They begin mowing the grass on Monday and they end mowing the grass on Sunday and they start all over again. Uh-huh. They need some goats. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, 77 acres. But so the maintenance is crazy. But I I love looking at these listings and then I get out my mortgage calculator, you know, and I'm like, oh, how much did the payment (laughs) be? You know, I don't do that. I I just, it's so interesting to me that there's there's people in town that are buying these kind of places and, you know, Ted knows them, I guess. And paying $50,000 a month for their mortgage? Like yeah, yeah. There, yeah. You know, there is like I, I think in St. Louis that there is a lot of money in St. Louis, and St. Louis money traditionally has been a little quieter than other places. Yes. In the country, um, you know, like that, you know, like spending five million dollars in a house, people may have the money to do it, but yet they think, well, I don't want to be, you know, I, I don't, don't want everyone to know. I don't want everybody to know, and I don't want to be, you know, the most expensive house, you know, you know, in the neighborhood. But you can see, I mean, the money is there. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I go to, with these Sotheby's, 
I go to some of their events, you know, throughout the nation, meet my, you know, other people that are, you know, in New York or Mm -hmm. San Francisco or Las Vegas. And it's so like there, it's like it all starts at $10 million, you know, to get a small house. So we really are, St. Louis is, is still pretty affordable. It's very affordable. I think it's very affordable on the scale of, and, you know, and we still have a lot to offer as a city. Oh, yeah. I mean, it really, and it's easy to get around. I mean, there's so many wonderful things, but the, that whole idea is, you know, I always say this for 200,000, you know, you can get a really great, well built house like in St. Louis Hills, you know, or, you know, out in the county. So, I mean, you're, you can afford a home, you know, other, other places in the country, you know. Now, did you grow up in St. Louis? Yes. Okay. Okay. I saw you posted on Facebook recently. You live in some sort of architect's house, don't you? Yeah, I live in... Um, now, that should not surprise anyone, uh, though. I live in um, a home designed by William Bernudi, who studied underneath Frank Lloyd Wright. And um, I bought it for my mother about six years ago. Okay. Um, she was ready to move. Is to- that the house you grew up in? No, well, no. I mean, I grew again. I came from one of four boys. Uh-huh. So this my my Bernudi design house is relatively small. You know, it's like the main house is about fifteen hundred square feet. You know, on a slab, and but it does have like a little guest house that's about maybe six hundred square feet. But it was so, Bernudi, so you had to have it. You didn't. Care, yeah, right? I mean, it's but it's perfect for me. I do have. I have two sons. One's twenty four, and one's twenty five. So the twenty five year old lives in the guest house. So it's okay. really great. He's, he's loving that. Well, uh, yes, you know, he used to live in this dingy Shaw, you know, apartment, and now he's in this nice guest house. Um, but it's nice for me because he's with me, but not with me. You know, he's in a different a little house. separation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's a beautiful home, and it's got great, you know, it really helps me appreciate. And it's actually the home that William Bernudi built and lived in himself. Yes, okay, that's what I thought I saw in there. So which, when you heard that, I'm sure you're like, I have to have this. Oh, yeah. Well, what that's part of town is mom. that in? Can it's I in Ledoux. Okay, okay. So before we forget, though, I just want to say, can you give your information so people can get a hold of you if they want to? Sure. Sure, I'm, you can look at my websites. There's St. Louis dot style. Is it S T L O U I S dot style? Okay. You don't need a dot com in there or anything like that. And that takes you to the main website. Um, there's Ted White Real Estate dot com. Okay. And my last name's spelled a little funny. It's W I G H T. And then you can also look at CWE style, Ledoux style, and Clayton style. Or you can Google just Ted White. Yes. And it does come up. The main one comes up. Your main one comes up. And then you can get to all the other. But the last name is spelled funny. Again, it's W I G H T. It's sort of a a burden. It's like right without the R. So go ahead. Yeah. So, all right. I have five questions. Okay. We're kind of wrapping it up. We're kind of running out of time. I know you're a busy guy. You probably got to go get 10 more listings tonight. So I have five questions that I like to ask every guest. Uh, do you mind? Sure. Okay. Well, you already sort of answered this one, but who lives under your roof? I live underneath my roof, and then my son lives underneath the guest house roof. Okay. <laughs> You're like, but I still own that roof, so it's... Yes. Yeah. Okay. And where are you your best? Yeah. Where am I my best? Um, I would say I'm in my best when... You know, um, you know, 
being enthusiastic about a home or a property, and again, it doesn't have to be a $5 million property. It could be, we all started the conversation about that weird little house on Juniata, Mm -hmm. you know, that was um, designed by Adrian Lucchini. And it was weird and hard to sell, but we sold it. And um, You went over there and probably got excited and you thought, oh my God, look at this. Yeah, it's getting excited about, you know, unique things. Mm -hmm. And... um, and I and I found that house, it, and it wasn't expensive, was it? I forget. It was like one hundred and fifty thousand or something like that. But just had beautiful light. So that's one of my best. Is I'm excited about something. It could be the location. You know, I, we sold a house up in um, Louisiana, Missouri. It's a beautiful Art oh, well. Deco house, perched on top of the Mississippi River Bluff, and you have these gorgeous. 180 view of the Mississippi going up and down. And, and that was not contemporary. It wasn't mid-century. It was Art Deco. But it was, I was excited about the view. You do a lot of driving around, I guess, if you have listings all the way out there. Didn't you have a castle in Pacific or something? We have um, the Castle Montebello done in Imperial. Imperial, okay. Which is a beautiful... Um, it was done by the, one of the magic chef, you know, stove airs. And that and Imperial's not far away. It's only thirty minutes away. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's not far. We sold last year. We sold an Episcopal church up in Clarksville, sold by Fred, designed by Frederick Dunn. That um, somebody had turned into a home. Oh wow! And we sold that last year. Um, is so, the castle still on the market? Because my daughter yes, might like that. It is. It's on sixty <laughs> acres, and Imperial is only thirty minutes away. Ooh. Imperials where they have those car races too. I don't think she mows the grass yet. So until she can mow the grass, there's a stables there. So does she want a horse? Oh yes, we love horse riding. I saw this one when I was looking through your listings. I got to find that again and reread it. So when you have the odd properties, not that the castle's odd, is the best approach. Let's call them interesting. Yeah. So, but you use the word odd when you were coming in talking it. So interesting, maybe not the norm. Is it? The trick really is to find something to get really excited about and really put that on the pedestal. Yeah, it's all about picturing it and creating the spirit of it. I'm I'm trying to think the weirdest thing I've sold. I sold up in Louisiana, Missouri, up along the... the, We have a farm up in Pike County, so that's the reason why... Okay. Which is up near Clarksville in Louisiana. And it was an old um, water treatment plant tank that was turned into a house. Ah, yes. So we had like an, an artist bought it. It was really cool. And sitting right on the Mississippi River. Um, and it wasn't expensive again, but it was like I could Unique. get passionate about it. And they had put it on a few of those HGTV shows like You Live in What and and stuff like that. So it's just fun. Okay. Well, I need to know how do you price a lot of these houses that you have because you're not doing normal comps, right? You're not pulling a quarter mile radius and getting the price per square foot right you have such unique properties how do you price these things yeah that's a good question um a lot of it's feel you know like oh this house feels like Mm -hmm. a million dollars or you know it feels like i would say like again like that uh, house we sold up in louisiana that was had a beautiful view of the mississippi river we sold it for over five hundred thousand, which was really a big price for that. Oh, but that you know, we thought, mm-hmm. well, look at these views. You can't find these views anywhere mm-hmm. else. And um, you can't find this house anywhere else. And, and price so, it somewhere. You know, Sometimes you price something 
more because, you know, it, it should have a million dollar price tag on it. We had a big, big, um, in the country, we had a big, you know, 10,000 square foot turn of the century pillared home that was in pretty bad shape. But we priced it at a million dollars because it looked like a million dollars. So for you, a lot of it is feel. And I guess growing up in the area and you know, especially your five or is it four main areas or whatever, you know uh-huh. those really well. So you go to a house, you've probably seen it your whole life. You know, I think on Warson Road, there's all those huge houses. You probably just like, I could price each one of those suckers, right? You're like, and those are those are easier to do. Um, it's it's again, it's um, you know, you some of it's basic. You go down to regular ways of comping things. You know, if it's a Ledoux home or a town and country home, but it's these unique ones that are out. Yeah, about. the castle and imperial. Yeah, you just had to come up with a price. I mean, and then you sweat you sweat appraisals a little bit, but generally they work out. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be tough on the appraiser. Yeah, even. As well. Yeah. It, and it's hard getting it through bank underwriting and all that. But, you know, I, I think, again, you just, um, sometimes you have to be a little bit more open-minded, you know, on what you're appraising it to. If people are buying these two, three, four, five million dollar properties, are, in your experience, are they often paying cash? Or are they usually getting loans? Or what are they doing? You know, I think that generally they get some sort of a loan. Uh-huh. Um, it may not be for the entire amount, but usually like 50%. Okay. Um, that they'll get some sort of a loan. You it's know. hard to get a loan in that price range anyway, right? Is that why they're putting down such a big down payment? Yeah, I think it is. And it's, you know, the tax deductions have been cut back a little bit, you know, on mm-hmm. these, you know, mega houses. Yes. Okay. Do you have a favorite blog or podcast other than your own? Favorite blog or podcast? Um, whose blog do I look at? You know, I... I've got it a little bit lazy, and so I'm doing more um, Instagram. Uh huh. Okay. You know, just because it's easier, sort of to pull up, and you know, I'm a little ADD, so I can flash through, you know, different accounts quickly. Um, I, I, I sort of emulate. There's a great San San Diego agent, Seth O'Burn, that I is a Sotheby's. That's a big person you follow on Instagram. Yeah, Setho. A, Seth. Okay, O'Burn. So, O'Burn, okay. And so I ran into him at, you know, a Sotheby's conference, and I was, you know, I'm always trying to find out, you know, it's great to steal from people, mm-hmm. isn't it? Or, or try to find somebody that... Yeah, learn from them. You know, Inspire, you can learn from them. That's good. <laughs> Not steal, he just inspires you. Yeah. But yes. I thought he, what he was doing was different. So when you met him, you were like celeb fan clubbing him. You're like... Oh my God, Seth, you're the man. Well, no, I mean, I, I saw him on a panel and then I just started following everything that he was doing. And um, okay. he did really cute things. He did this one thing where, you know, he was dressed up as a dinosaur and shopping for a home in San Diego. So I just thought it was cute and different. Okay, so why is dressing up as a dinosaur shopping for a home cute? Uh, it's just quirky and fun. Unique, Check it out. It stands out a little bit. Do we, does he. We what was did. the purpose of the dinosaur? Was there a story with the dinosaur? Well, wait, and here's just go what out we, and get a suit one day and go, I'm going to be a dinosaur. And well, it, take buyers out? Like, I how forget does that... what the scenario was. We did, okay, so we did emulate it a little bit around the holidays that we, I had my assistants dress up in these little cardinal outfits and we did like a little, um, a little vignette of them shopping for a home, the cardinal family. 
Oh. It's cute. Oh if you go gosh. on my a Instagram. A little birdhouse? Were they looking for a little birdhouse? I think they ended up in a big mansion on Lindell. Oh. But <laughs> but it was really cute. If you look, I think it was like in December, like oh, around okay. Christmas. If you go on my Instagram, okay. uh, you can scroll down and find it. Okay. What's your guilty pleasure? My guilty pleasure is... My guilty pleasure. That you're willing to share. <laughs> what is my guilty pleasure? I don't know. Ice cream? I don't know. I'm looking forward to maybe getting ice cream down the block here at the oh, Waffle and Ice Cream Oh, place. it's very good. What's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Well, I haven't been to this one in a while, but I would say... Um, Oh, anything with like mint and chocolate. Mm. I heard that there's Clementines in town. They have naughty and nice. They have alcoholic oh, yes. ice cream. Oh, I haven't yeah. had have it yet. Have you been to Clementines? But I oh, I love Clementines. Down in Lafayette Square. And they have one in Demun. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. A new location in Demun. That's it's, probably closer to you. Yes. Yum. I'm. Now I'm thinking about ice cream. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll let you out here. We have one more question for you. Who is your mentor and how have you thanked them? Who is my mentor? Um, I would say, you know, over the years, I would say probably my broker, you know, Andy Dealman has been my mentor. I, I'm not the kind of agent that's moved around agencies a lot. Yeah, that um, one's always company jumping. Yeah, I started at Blake and Davis, which isn't around anymore, but that was Andy Dealman's, you know, original agency. And then he sort of okay. spun off and, and got the Sotheby's affiliate. So, um, you know, I, and I think I've thanked him by just selling, getting a lot of great listings and selling a lot of yeah. homes and elevating the agency, you know, as a whole. Great. Now you just put that in Adam's head. He's like, yeah, that's what my agents need to be doing. <laughs> sell, sell, sell. Yes. Just well, sell, right? Yeah. Right. Thank you, Ted, for being here. And um, any, any. It was a pleasure. I'll this come back fun. sometime. Absolutely. Yes. Well, next time I want to do it at one of these listings yeah. so we can be. Getting a little tour. Oh, I love that idea. Yeah. All right. And thank, thank you, everybody, for listening. If you have any questions, comments, ideas, send them to podcast at hermanlondon.com. And thank you for listening and take care. <laughs> <laughs>